0: The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Dry settle wins it. It goes back to Bouchard. Brings to the middle. Right wing to McDavid. To Bouchard. Score! Evan Bouchard with a hard one-timer from the point. And the Oilers have a 3 nothing lead. Excellent
1: performance by the Edmonton Oilers this afternoon on the road against the Washington Capitals. A 5 nothing victory. Connor McDavid with 4 assists. The 5th time in his career. He's had a 4-assist game. Stuart Skinner, 25 saves to get his 3rd career shutout. The Oilers snap a 3-game losing streak. They bump their record up to 6-12-1. The Capitals 5-game win streak comes to an end. They are now 10-5-2. Here's Oilers head
2: coach Chris Knobloch. I think the most important thing was our our start. Um, I thought we had a good period in uh, Carolina and I think we just carried that over Um, you know all four lines all the defensemen. Uh, Nothing too fancy just keeping a simple game and playing hard. How about the role your power play
3: played in tonight's victory?
2: Well absolutely Uh, special teams was a big part of the the story tonight Uh, I believe we had five kills tonight a few blocked shots I know Desi had a huge one at the end Um, but obviously the three power play goals makes it a lot easier but um, you know I think uh, with two nothing lead with the even strength goals and then we kind of eliminate any chance for them to get back in the uh, in the game with
3: with the power play leaders always find a way to lead when you have dry sidle McDavid and Nugent Hopkins combining for 10 points to maybe put a final stamp on this one what does that say about your leadership group Yeah, you know, you need your top players uh, performing if you're going to
2: win on a regular basis. Um, Obviously, you want your third and fourth lines chipping in and helping with the offense. But, um, you know, they can do it periodically and help you win games. But uh, in the long run, you you need your top guys going. And they certainly played really well tonight.
4: Your team is obviously needing some confidence coming here. Uh, What are the specific things tonight that are going to give you confidence that's going to last? Well,
2: I think uh, previously, I think that you could see a lot of frustration on the power play. Um, You know, getting three power play goals and the passes and the plays that they were making uh, looks like, they're kind of out of that funk. Um, I think most importantly with our, our team play is how well we checked and the chances that we gave up tonight. And there's going to be breakdowns. There's going to be chances that we give up, and we need our goaltending to um, make some big saves. And certainly that happened tonight. It wasn't perfect, but it was a lot more of what we want or, or what we need. You, you mentioned before the game playing 60 minutes. The first period you're up 2 nothing. How important was it not you know to build on
0: that in the second period, not just
2: uh, very important because uh, that was the third time this road trip that we were up to nothing and um, we didn't let up. We we still continued um, to push hard and uh, I think there was uh, the Tampa Bay game. I think we had uh, a power play kind of extend our lead and put them out of the. You know, out of the picture. But we were unable to do that tonight. We had that two goal lead and had the power play. We capitalized, and um, you know, after that, it's it's pretty hard for um, Washington to get back in up.
3: What can you say of Stuart Skinner's mental toughness, bouncing back after a tough start in Carolina?
2: Well, very good. Um, you know, I think our our team played a lot better in front of him tonight, and not giving up the chances like we did uh, than previous his previous two starts. Um, but it's. Obviously, there's uh, confidence in that he can be a good goaltender. And, and um, you know, you don't have the season that he had last year without um, being a, uh, having a lot of talent. And, you know, so for him to be able to put that behind him, the last two previous starts, it's not surprising because um, there's a lot of belief within himself, the coaching staff, and the players in the room that he can get the job done.
3: Thanks, Chris.
1: That is Oilers coach Chris Knobloch at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. It is Edmonton 5, Washington nothing, the final this afternoon. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Hope you're having a great Friday. We're taking you into your weekend here. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, a lot of good things for The Oilers today, and and the one thing Chris Knobloch mentioned, for the third time on this road trip, they got a 2-0 lead in the first period, but it's the first time they finished the first period with a 2-0 lead, and then, I mean, they really didn't look back from there.
5: They didn't. Uh, I thought the Oilers played a much better low event game. Uh, they didn't turn the puck over. When there wasn't a play, they just went off the glass and out. They are much better in being in the right play on the defensive side of players if they didn't have the puck. They really didn't give a low-scoring Washington Capital team any easy opportunities. And uh, when Washington got undisciplined, they made them pay. And this is been the recipe of success for the Oilers for the last number of years. You know, five on five, keep it close. But when we get our power play, we're going to make you pay. And the Oilers were very good on their power play tonight. Uh, It looked like the Oilers of old, where not only did they score goals, but they created other chances. I mean, the goaltender Lindgren... Uh, had a pretty good game where he gave up five. He made a number of big saves when the Oilers were on the power play, but the relentlessness of the Oilers' power play players, uh, getting pucks back, a lot of good puck retrievals, and just continuing to take the puck to the net. Much more assertive and confident power play for the Oilers tonight. And to me, the, the game was over when the Oilers went up 2-0, but it was certainly salted away when they scored that power play goal to start the second.
1: Well, we got to talk about the power plays today, Rob, for Conlon Motorsports. to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or get them online at conlonmotorsports.ca. So the Oilers' power play... Goes three for four today with three goals in the second period. Washington's power play goes 0 for 5 for the season. For the season. 18 games in. The Capitals' power play is three for 50. Six percent. So the Oilers, oddly enough, had, had had as many power play goals in one period as the Capitals have had all season long. Now I know Capitals fans; they were a little unhappy with the zebras today. There was that one off the face off of Etchkin shot in, but <laughs> it, it had been blown down because the face off was done incorrectly. But that is. Uh, That is stunning for an NHL power play to be 6% this deep into the season.
5: Oh, and then throw in the fact that it's got the greatest power play goal scorer in the history of the NHL in Alex Ovechkin. Now, I know that they lost a a very good player uh, in Nicholas Backstrom, who's not playing right now and is a big part of their offense and a huge part of their power play. He was good. But they still have the other guys. They still got Carlson. They still got Ovechkin. They still have Knetsov. Uh They still have Oshie. Like, those were... They only lost one of the players, and it is absolutely frightening, disheartening, if you are a, a Capital fan, because looking up and down the Capitals' lineup, they are not a gifted team. There's a lot of players I don't even know much about them. Uh, this is not the Capitals team that we've seen in the past, and many had predicted that this would be a non-playoff team, and I do believe they will get there. But for them to survive and have an opportunity to stay in hockey games, their power play was supposed to be able to score for them. You might not be a great five-on-five team, but they still got some pretty good players. Uh, not only did they not score, any, they never scared the Oilers. Outside of the face-off that was blown down before the shot t- got taken by Ovechkin, I don't remember really any grade-A scoring chances they got on their power play. So in a 15-minute stretch, the Oilers tonight scored as many power play goals as the Capitals have had in 18 games. So uh, the Oilers' penalty killing give them credit. They have not had a fantastic season, but they were good tonight. The Oilers' power play was excellent, and he didn't have to shine as much. But Stuart Skinner made a couple saves when needed. So specialty teams, goaltending, were well in favor of the Edmonton Oilers tonight. And a big reason that they get to come home on Sunday with an opportunity of putting together a win streak.
1: Well, and they need it. Uh, 5 nothing for Edmonton today, and we, we know the situation. It is the American Thanksgiving holiday, I guess, yesterday, and today was Black Friday, and we know the percentages that usually, not every team, but usually, about, about three quarters. Yeah. So the Teams that are in a playoff spot get in. Uh, I mean, I, I've been going with 95 points. So the other's got to play 650 hockey yeah, the rest I, of the way.
5: The, the whole uh, Thanksgiving. Thing for the U.S. where they go on, and a lot is made of it of 75 percent. But really, before the season starts, we all know 75 percent of the teams are going to make the playoffs. I mean, there's there are the best three quarters, the best six teams in the league. We already know who they are in each conference. So, it, to me, it, it's no, I don't really buy a whole lot into it because those teams that are. In it now that are going to be in it at season's end. We're always going to be in it, and there's always going to be f- five or six teams fighting for two spots. The Oilers, to me, right now, we're in the five or six teams that'll be fighting for the two spots in the Western Conference. Six teams, I think, are pretty set. Uh, I don't believe the Anaheim Ducks are this strong as as their season began, and we're starting to see them fall back to earth. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes were in a playoff spot for a while. They are not a playoff team yet. So the Oilers are in a, a a race with teams that I don't think are as strong as their record started. But the Oilers also have to put some wins together. Yeah, big time. And they're going to get an opportunity for the first time to put together, or in a while to put together another win streak against a team that they're chasing in the Anaheim Ducks on Sunday. Because then it gets a little tougher. The last couple of games after yeah. the uh, Anaheim Ducks before their little December break – are a little bit tougher so the Oilers certainly want to go into again I believe the next game after that is the Golden Knights yep and I do believe you want to go in with two wins in a row when you play a Golden Knights team that has had a fantastic start to the season following a fantastic finish of last year
1: yeah well I'll look at a positive spin the Oilers have won four of their last seven yep. uh, they've won three they lost three so if you beat Anaheim uh, you've won five of eight and that's Kind of the percentage that you need to play uh, the rest of the way, but yeah, they do have a bit of an odd schedule here. First of all, they haven't, they don't have a back-to-back till right before Christmas, Uh, so they got Anaheim at home on Sunday. Vegas at home on Tuesday, at Winnipeg on Thursday, and then they don't play until December 6th. It's almost like a... It's all, an all-star non, break, yeah. It's like a non-official bye week, bye week, uh, that they go a few days without a game. But anyway, they do get the win today. 5 nothing over the Capitals. Uh, Kane got his ninth with 5.50 left in the first, and then Nugent Hopkins got his fourth with 4.36 left in the first. So two quick goals. I mean, the Oilers have often been guilty of allowing quick goals mm-hmm. against or giving up a goal quickly after they scored. Well, today, today they actually did it twice because their power play, Bouchard and Dreisaitl's first power play goal were a minute four apart in the second period.
5: Well, the ones in the first period were huge, and, and the way they scored them both times, it was taking the, tuc- the, the puck from behind the net, towards the, the goal, just forcing it, and Leon Dreisaitl puts it into a position where Evander Kane's in a fight, in front of the net in the blue paint, and I like Evander Kane's chances in that one, and he willed the puck across the goal line, so he got about three or four whacks at it, and then the Nugent Hopkins one again, McDavid threw it in front, now, I think it was Sandine deflected it, it went up in the air, the only person that knew where it was was Nugent Hopkins, the goalie Lindgren didn't, and give credit to Uh, Nugent Hopkins, of waiting for it to come to the right height. Any NHL player in the the world right now will be able to bat that one in the net. But 95% of them would have swung their stick too early because you would have been so excited. So you had to have a little veteran savvy to wait for it to get to the right height. And we have talked a lot this year where the Oilers have been guilty in the blue paint of not being hard enough on the opposition. I don't know if RNH should have been able to stand for three to four seconds waiting for the puck to come to the right height without any sort of uh, physicality from the Washington Capitals. But he did stood there, made it look easy, and the Edmontoners at that point had put the game away because the Capitals team is not good enough offensively to come back from two down. So, a 5 nothing win. How
1: about this? The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630ched.com. So you can head to our website and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, which they had done by the uh, end of the second period tonight. And, you know, look... We know at times the Oilers have looked frustrated this year, and, and you referenced the penalties for the capital. So Ovechkin uh, gets a high-sticking penalty. They call it, did they call it high-sticking or...?
5: Could have been high-sticking or cross. It could they, have been they either. They called it
1: high-sticking on DeHarnay right at the end of the period. I mean, after the, the buzzer, uh, they kind of came together. Ovechkin went up high. DeHarnay made sure everybody knew about it. Uh, he goes off. Uh, that one was actually killed off. But then Wilson punches Yanmark.
5: Twice after twice uh, the, the whistle, yep. and pr- they, I don't think they called the first one. No, they I, most, usually a referee will give you one, okay, and right. then it's like enough. But when you punch the guy twice, and then well, now you force the referee. I have to call it now. The Ovechkin one, he, he seeked Deherne out because the play was over and he went after him. So the referee now is watching because, okay, I watched you guys hit earlier. He had words in the middle of the ice. I'm going to watch you. And Ovechkin came in with a stick up. That was an easy one. The Wilson won another stupid one. Carlson, who is one of your other leaders, takes an unsportsmanlike abusive official penalty. Those are three dumb penalties in a row by the three stars of your team. And you're doing it in a game where you know you're not a high-scoring team, and you're giving uh, one of the best power plays in the league this year and the best power play in the league the last five years three ro- three in a row. So it was just dumb on their part, and the, the, the Edmonton Oilers made them pay with three power play goals in the middle frame.
1: And five overall, so that's a $500 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give $100 to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous every time the Oilers score this season. 5 nothing, the final today. And uh, third career shutout for Skinner, first of the season. Obviously, uh, Good game. I mean, I'd say two or three tough saves. He was Mm -hmm. there when needed to be. I mean, yeah, the one power play one kind of trickled through him and and dinged off the post, but goalies will tell you those ones are going wide. There just happens to be an object there for it to hit. Uh, But he was very good. I mean, a a couple really good saves in the second period especially.
5: Well, it's funny. The the, the best save of the game we never got to see a replay of. It was a a slap shot off the, the sideboards where the rebound came out front And I'm not sure which capital it was because we didn't see the replay. Walked right into the slot and absolutely fired it. And Skinner dove towards him, got the glove out, made a really nice glove save. Again, uh, the game might have been out of reach at that point, but it was a a nice save by Skinner who wasn't tested often. But when he did get tested, he looked very comfortable. And I know one of the questions that was asked after the game, was it a nice rebound confidence-wise for Skinner? I don't think he really needed to rebound after last game. Last game was poor, poor defensive play in front of him. I think that was a mercy pull, uh, the the game against Carolina. And tonight he just came out confident. And the one thing that you have to be as a goaltender, a very confident person that can forget about things that have gone wrong in the past, Skinner did that. Excellent game. Goaltending special teams. Great for the Oilers tonight. Defensively, low event, probably two mistakes that created great A scoring chances the other way. And other than that, it was... uh, as, as Jack and Louie talked about on the telecast on television, probably the Oilers' best start-to-finish game that we've seen this season. McDavid with
1: four assists is your first star. Leon Dreisaitl with two power play goals is your second star. Skinner with the shutout is the third star. Rob and I give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Quite frankly, we have had trouble picking this. <laughs> Some games this year, I think there are enough candidates tonight that we, we, if we even if we pick different guys.
5: Uh, I liked r and I thought, I thought R&H was very good in this game. Uh, he scored the goal with the baseball swing, had a couple of assists, three points for r in this hockey game.
1: Uh, I I will give it to Vinny DeHarnay, who picked up his first assist of the season it was plus two uh, credited with one blocked shot that he absolutely <laughs> felt <laughs> and uh
5: <laughs> that was an Ovechkin shot that uh, when Ovechkin shoots, it's heavy and ARNA made that save, drew a big penalty at the end of a period, and generally got under the skin of Alexander the Great.
1: Yeah, solid performance by the Oilers today. Hopefully they can build on this, and we're happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, Pro all the way. 5 nothing Oilers beat the Caps. You're listening to Heartland Ford
0: Overtime Open Line. Live, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Through the middle down, on the left wing, Malenstein the shot, the rebound. oh, what a stop by Skinner, got it with the as Malenstein, through the middle, had the opportunity. Great stop by Skinner.
1: And that's Cam Moon with the call of the save of the game. For Crystal Glass, call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Stuart Skinner, a 25-save shutout as he improves his record to 5-7-1 on the season. Oilers take down the Capitals 5-0. Here's Skinner.
3: Stu, congratulations on the shutout.
4: Uh, what's it like posting an NHL shutout? It uh, feels good. Um, it's always a nice feeling to get a shutout. Um, huge props to the guys in front of me. Um, I will say on the PK, there are some huge blocks, uh, especially in the third period where we're up five rep and we could easily not be in the lane. Uh, so it takes a lot of guts for the guys to to get some block shots. Uh, that goes out to CC. Cooley, Vinny, Doc, all the guys. Um, so, yeah, it's, it feels good. It's, uh, we, we played the right way all night. Uh, third career shout-out for you for your first win of this road
3: trip. What did you see in front of you that allowed your team to see the success you had today?
4: I think we played with a lot of speed. Uh, we hemmed them in their zone for, for a good amount of time. Um, and, yeah, whenever whenever the puck came back to our end, I think our forwards did a great job on you know, skating back, tracking back. Uh, you know, at... at uh, it takes a lot of selflessness, so uh, that was very important. And the D great gaps all night. I know this team is always believed it can play a complete game, but it hasn't for a while. Uh, to play one 60 minutes complete game all the way through, what's that worth to this club? it 's huge um, time you can get a full sixty minutes it means you 're doing things right uh, for the whole game, obviously um, being able to play that way is is really big that 's how that 's how you do win games so it's uh, it 's a big one for us for sure
6: what can you say about the mental toughness going and being able to bounce back from wednesday 's game and then performing like you did tonight
4: yeah um, sometimes it's harder than maybe it looks um, Sometimes you know exactly how you're going to show up the next day. Um, for this one, it was just you know being, being able to rest, kind of throw that one away, um, and yeah, just knowing who I am, uh, knowing my game, and just sticking to it. Um, and I think that was that was big for me. Um, it's, ni- it's nice. It's uh, nice after getting pulled in the first few minutes to to get a shout out. It, it really feels good. We only see Washington twice a year, so one of the main storylines
3: for us was Ovechkin being 67 goals away from the goal record. How hard is it to stop a Alex Ovechkin shot?
4: It's tough. He's uh, he's a heck of a player. He's, I mean, there's a reason why he's got so many goals. Um, I said to somebody else, uh, I got, got pretty lucky with the linesman calling that for me. Um, so Ovechkin ended up scoring. Uh, it was a heck of a shot, and then they called it off. So. Um, Big thanks to the linesman for me. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, he's a heck of a player. Um, he's always, uh, you know, coming around try- trying to say that he's going to score, and it's always fun playing against him. You guys head home now. I think you have, like, eight of nine at home now. Do you feel like there's an opportunity here now to maybe gain some traction going forward? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Especially, especially getting some wins at home, I think it's going to be really important for us just to you know, gain that traction, gain that momentum. Uh, so again, it's, uh, you know, we're not really looking at that. We're looking more at just playing the way that we played tonight and to keep that moving forward. Um, and that starts in practices and leads to a game. you and Charlie Lindgren have the two best goalie mustaches? Saros is up there too. Saros has a good muzzy too. Um I appreciate that though. I've been working on it for a long time so I appreciate that. Okay.
5: Well, it is a good mustache. Yeah, Skinner's he's a stylish guy. He could be like in one of those old westerns where they all have mustaches. Yes, that's right. He's going to have to start wearing cowboy hats to all the games now though.
1: Uh he was that we talked about it. Ovechkin beat him on a Puck that went in after the the whistle on a, you you knew it right away that that wasn't going to count because something seemed off.
5: Well, it's it's funny the the only time uh, we saw Ovechkin tonight create chances is off faceoffs and uh, the Capitals. It, I don't know what their percentage was tonight, but it seemed like every time Ovechkin was set up on the top of the circle, they won the faceoff. He had three in a row on one power play, and on that one. Uh, You give him that many chances to fire the puck. It's so quick how he gets it off. That one, he was able to beat Skinner. Uh, They called it, uh, they said Knetsov put his foot in turn too quickly and it was whistled immediately. The the best save, I know that... uh, we saw two Skinner saves, he made glove saves, one on the rebound we talked about, one when the only other mistake that the Oilers made defensively is Bouchard got caught watching a play, and in front of the net, I believe it was Manthus by himself in front of the net, but there was another play, it was a really quick shot by Ovechkin, Carlson made about a foot and a half pass, Ovechkin was on his back foot. Only got a half shot away, but it was a a great shot. He was going far far corner. That was a really nice save by Skinner on that one because normally when it's going to Ovechkin, you have time to turn your body and face him. This one, it was so quick off the stick of Ovechkin. Skinner didn't have time to set, but was able to kick the left leg out. Might have been his best save of the night. Skinner looks forward to those. He's talked about playing against Ovechkin. It's kind of funny how he mentioned that Ovechkin always skates by him and tells him, I'm going to score on you. (laughs) Uh, It's part of the colorfulness, I guess, of Alex Ovechkin. And uh, Stuart Skinner certainly gets up for moments when he plays against other teams' greats. And there's no uh, greater goal scorer in the National Hockey League today than Alex Ovechkin, and tonight Skinner won the battle.
1: Well, then Skinner was asked about, and that's – the the big well, I mean, there's two big questions for the Oilers this season. Why are you playing so lousy? <laughs> whoever, whoever has been asked, one of the two coaches or the players, and then when they have had their six victories, mm-hmm. okay, how do you, how do you keep it going? Uh, and I mean, that's I mean, we know that we know the record, whatever the playoff cut line is going to be. They got to win way, way more than they lose. So uh, now I said on the positive side earlier, they have won four of their last seven, even though there's a three game winning streak in there. So uh, uh, not a great streak, but but more wins than losses ever since. And that started with Woodcroft's last last game. game. And uh, like I said, just build on it. And hopefully, you know, with with all the skill on they they have, which we saw on display tonight, Mm -hmm. but. I thought they created a lot just by, and Kane said it after the first period, they went north. And to me, that's playing in a straight line. Get the puck into the next zone.
5: Well, it's funny. There's been so much talk in the papers and through Twitter. People, the Oilers have to make a deal, have to make a trade. And I keep saying, well, this is the same team that was really good last year. I think it's within. I think the Oilers don't need a trade. They just need to play better. And tonight, they played better and played more like what we saw at the end of last year by limiting the chances against. They have a chance coming home to play against an Anaheim team that's well ahead of them in the standings, but a team that's struggling big time as well. They lost again. I think that's five in a row they've lost. The Oilers can make it six in a row losses for the Anaheim Ducks while moving a little bit closer. If they do that, then they go into a big match against the Vegas Golden Knights with a two-game winning streak and a winner of five out of eight. And all of a sudden, you can put something much bigger together. The Oilers have, as you said, this big break at the beginning of December. They have three games before that. It would really be good if the Oilers could set themselves up in that break where they're playing better, they put some points in the bank, and feel good about themselves when they go to practice for whatever they do, three or four or five practices they have in that stretch. It's much easier to practice and work on things, especially new things, when you're feeling good about yourselves in your game. And tonight we looked at the bench, and they showed players smiling, and joking around, and having fun. They haven't shown that on the TV over the last uh, 10 days when they've shown the bench. So the Oilers have an opportunity now to put together a streak, and it uh, just means doing a lot of what they did today in simplification into Sunday's game against the Ducks.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a 6.30, Chet, 5.30 for the face-off show, and the game will start at 7 5 nothing. The orders beat the Capitals today in uh, Set the Line. It is Jen getting the $50 River Creek Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at 5.5. Combined shots on goal by Ovechkin and Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl had three. Ovechkin
5: had three. That worked out quite so well. So it
1: is six. Two of Dreisaitl's went in, and you could see their... A, his relief for scoring a power play goal, because we've seen him, A, first of all, not be as precise or even whiff on that one-timer a couple mm-hmm. times, and then he has been robbed. Uh, I mean, who was it earlier on the trip? I think in Florida, he got absolutely got yep. robbed on a, on a one-timer. But today, uh, first of all, the goal mill scramble. They just keep the puck alive and outnumber uh Washington, and he he fires in. But then that other play, and he he has scored that way before, not as often, but he gets the puck with his back to the net on his backhand.
5: We're going to hear, I believe, Leon here in a bit. Uh, I hope someone asks him, because after the goal, both Leon and Connor smiled and turned to the bench and pointed at the bench. So it was something was said for them to try that play. Now I know that during the telecast, Gene Principe thought it was Connor Brown that had told yeah. them. I know that Louie and Jack had mentioned they thought maybe it was Glenn Gullickson, but it's something we've seen them try in the past and it's really hard to defend because the puck is so far away from the defenseman and the forward doesn't want to come down too far because then it all of a sudden Bouchard's wide open and Leon gets and he turns quickly. And that one there, he went short side, which I believe this is the goaltender that was the opposite hand, which is a harder shot to hit because now there's the knobs in the way. But uh, they both were pretty excited, the fact that it worked. But it is a very dangerous play that the Edmonton Oilers, when they pull it out occasionally, they seem to have quite a bit of success with it.
1: All right. And you're going to hear from Dreisaitl. Uh We have Sebastian, our uh, first up on the phone lines at 780-496-0063. We have room for anybody else who wants to give us a call as well. Oilers win 5-0 in Washington. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
0: Hockey is brought to you by The Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Now down low to McDavid. Centering pass! What a save by Lindgren off of Hyman. Here's a loose butt. drives settles, it Leon off the right side. It's another power play goal. It's 5 nothing Edmonton.
1: And 5 nothing would be the final. That's a goal by Dreisaitl with a minute 24 left in the second period. If you were stuck at work and had to miss the game, uh, the Oilers got three power play goals in the second period. To turn a two-nothing lead into a five-nothing lead, they were three for four on the man advantage. Washington 0 for five. Washington is three for 50 on the season with the man advantage. Not 15, 5-0. They are six percent on the power
5: play. Uh, that does make it easy for us media types to. Yeah, I guess. didn't have
1: to use my calculator.
5: No. Uh, well, it, it's shocking that they have a record that they do. But
1: they passed the puck to the Oilers quite a bit. They were terrible. While they were on the power play. They
5: were terrible on the power play. They couldn't get the puck in, didn't make good plays, Passed. Uh, turned the puck over a number of times. Uh, yeah, not good at puck retrieval. All the things that you don't want to do on the power play, they did tonight and hence had an 0 for a night and a, a night that they were desperate for a power play goal or to create anything offensively. They weren't able to do that as their power play. It's no secret after seeing their power play tonight why they're only 3 for 50 on the year.
1: All right, 7804960063. We have Sebastian standing by. Hi, Sebastian. Go
7: ahead. Uh, hi, Robin Reed. How are you doing today? Good. Um, So, yeah, so I'm one of those uh, folks that actually did miss the whole game due to work. But it's always nice to see a positive result. Um, Actually, my question, I think, sort of maybe chimes into Rob from his playing days is, you know, based on the result from Carolina, which happened, I think, two nights ago to today, what type of pep talk would you think you would usually go into uh, in in the locker room? And who leads that type of pep talk for a change in such a situation? Into a positive result to play better and more um, straightforward. Uh, Is it the head coach or is it the leadership on the team? Yeah, I just want your insights.
5: Uh, It would be a combination of both uh, at different times. Uh, The coaching staff would come in and I think he would point out a lot of the things that they did right in the third period against Carolina, Uh, talk about past successes that they've had, uh, talk about going out and playing freely and not playing being afraid to make a mistake and then after he leaves then you would have a leader to stand up it's one thing for uh, you know a third or fourth liner guy or your five six seven defenseman to say something but when someone stands up that uh, is one of your stars one of your leaders that's when players tend to listen so it would be a combination of both and if it's a player that says it then the player has to do it by leading on the ice as well. No one's going to listen to the guy who tells you to do something, then goes out there and he's not doing it himself, so uh, when you talk, the talk in the dressing, you've got to come out and walk the walk on the ice and I thought the other star players did that tonight.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think Knobloch delivered a message at practice yesterday, as, as we talked, I know I wasn't there, but Bob talked about it, I talked mm-hmm. to some other people on the road trip with the team, that uh, there was a an offside during a drill, and Knobloch uh, got very vocal and very... Uh
5: well, it's it's something that uh, the Oilers, you and I have talked about for most of the season, details the Oilers have not been good at, uh, and at little things. Uh, poor changes, dumb penalties, uh, poor pinches... Um, all of those things that, uh, you know, turning the puck over instead of going off the glass, getting pucks in deep, not tying up sticks. Those are all details. And it, it, Noblock has said it a few times, and he made the one comment, he wants the others to be very good at things that don't take skill. Mm-hmm. And not going offside, you don't have to be a superstar player to know that you've got to go in after the puck. And... I, most of the coaches that I have had through my career were ones where they would be furious if you went offside in a in a in something in in a practice because you they all stress practice like you want to play and if you're going to go offside now well. What are you going to do when a game comes along? You know, learn to stretch. Learn to take ice. Be better. So uh, I'm glad that it was called out. I think the Oilers have been guilty of being too lack with details this season. Uh, Start being better. This isn't a team that is... 14-4 and on the season. Sometimes a coach in practice may let you get away with a little bit more. But when you got the record that you do, Mm -hmm. you start better practicing the proper way. And it was absolutely right to call McLeod out on that. And on that one, it just happened to be McLeod. You would have called if it was Leon, if it's Connor, if it's Kane. You call out whoever it is because that's not the kind of details you want as a team.
1: Now, would you say in terms of uh, a messaging to the team or a tone to the team, because Kelly Rudy was on with me yesterday, and, and he said on a game day he was well, he was wondering if Knoblock would be at the point where he was like, don't say much. Morning skate, guys go out, zip it around, high energy, you know, don't hammer them with X's and O's or remind them of, like, would it be a, a different message on a game day as opposed to on a practice day? Like, is it is it easier for a coach to, quote-unquote, lose it at a practice than a morning skate?
5: <laughs> well, I don't know. I played for Ken Hitchcock. He lost it at any oh, time. All the time, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and you can ask some of the other players that played for him here, too. Um, I, I, I think th- w- when you're trying to get a message across, when it comes to a detailed thing, it doesn't matter when it is. You have to get it across. In the morning skate, if you're having a lousy morning skate and you're, uh, things that you're trying to put into your game and you're not taking it serious or you're going offside you stop the play and maybe you do it in a much more conversational tone but when you're in a practice the day before a game then you can be hard on the tone as for teaching uh you don't want to teach in the morning skate that's just getting loose mm-hmm. you have 3 points you'll put in before the game that's when you you do the teaching or what you want from the team that night but it's got to be short it can be 3 points anything more than that and players will forget <laughs> <laughs> we we have a number in our head that we can remember and it's three things
1: and that's it five nothing the others beat the capitals we have brian on the line as well good afternoon brian go
7: ahead good afternoon gentlemen uh so i've got to i've got to say that uh this is probably arguably one of the best games i've seen the team play not just this year but Possibly the last two, three years. Uh, short, crisp passes. They didn't try, you know, going for that 150 foot pass, you know, passing through two and three players. Uh, no, uh, they played smart, disciplined hockey.
5: Uh, they were good. Now, I don't know. I, I, I When you start looking at the, the competition, I mean, the Washington Capitals, I, I don't, you can say whatever you want about the record. They're not that good a team. I think the Oilers over the last couple of years have had some pretty big victories against some pretty big, pretty good hockey clubs. But this year by far, this was by, there's not even a game close to the effort they had that they put all aspects of their game into place. And to me, the biggest thing, was the fact that they didn't give up a whole lot mm-hmm. Kulak made a mistake early in the first period and that wasn't a decision that was if he flubbed a pass but and then there was one in the oh is it the third period that there was where Bouchard got caught watching a play and Mantha ended up standing by himself in front of the net other than that, the Oilers were flawless defensively. Now Washington didn't really create a whole lot, but the Oilers certainly didn't give them any easy opportunities. So yes, uh, this was certainly something to build off for the Edmonton Oilers because they simplified their game without the puck, and their power play took care of things when they did have the puck.
1: Yeah, it was it was a it was a much better game, and you're right. I mean, I always say the the old QO, the quality mm-hmm. the quality of the opponent matters, but the Oilers aren't uh, in a position to uh, apologize for beating a team that maybe doesn't have a great day, but you could see it early, it even just forechecking and then, but not trying to do too much, like hack it back behind the net. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, you're digging for the puck, they worked it up the wall, okay, just just throw it back down low. You know, we don't have to worry about a cross ice pass or anything like that. We can, we can muck it out and work it in front that way.
5: And then the first two goals in the first period were both putting pucks into the blue paint. I know that Nugent Hopkins, he he hit it out of the air, but that was a play that Connor McDavid was just throwing it in the blue paint. It hit the defenseman Sandin's stick and went up in the air. But McDavid was putting in the blue paint, he's like, all right, let's 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 fight for the puck in that area and see who comes out on top. So the Oilers simplified their approach that way, and when a mistake did happen, and there was very few, it wasn't compounded by two or three or four more mistakes afterwards. Uh, a very a simple game that the Oilers uh, certainly needed. I know this is not the road trip they wanted to go one and three, but I can tell you, 1 and 3 is better than 0 oh and 4 and winning the last game of a road trip is much better than winning one the first one if you're only going to go 1 and 3 they have something to feel good about themselves as they get on a plane and come home and take on the ducks on a sunday night
1: all right 5 nothing the final uh, we still got time for phone calls if you want to give us a buzz 780-496-0063 you'll also hear from Leon Dreisaitl. this is Heartland Ford overtime open line
0: Live, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 6.30 chance. Trying to get away from Obey Cabell. He'll center it. Oh, the safe. rebound. Scores! Vander Kane got his own rebound.
1: So Evander Kane got the Oilers' first goal of the game. So Chris gets his name into the grand prize draw for a playoff party for him and up to nine of his friends at Sherlock Holmes with a $1,000 food and beverage credit. Sherlock Holmes, your locally owned neighborhood pub. Since 85, downtown campus Sherwood Park and Duggan's Boundary, our first goal of the game contest. That is the uh, third person to make a correct prediction this year and get in to that big grand prize draw. Busy day in the NHL as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Chicago over Toronto, 4-3 in overtime. Rangers beat the Flyers, 3-1. Red Wings knock off the Bruins, 5-2. Blue Jackets edge the Devils, 2-1. Predators Predators ring up the Blues 8-3. Canadians beat the Sharks 3-2 in a shootout. Kings they're doing great 5-2 win over Anaheim. The Penguins lead the Sabers 1-0 after one. Crosby gets his 13th and six games still to come tonight. Football today: Dolphins over the Jets 34-13. Oil Kings play at Rogers Place against Regina in about two hours and 11 minutes. Okay, and the orders win five nothing over the Caps. Seven eight zero. Do we have a caller? Landon. We got Landon on hold. Landon, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, Landon.
7: Hey, are you there? Yeah, Go ahead. So, uh, what a way to end a road trip. First of all, um, you guys talked about it earlier. Even though uh, you go one and three, I'd sure rather win the last game. Going home feeling good, coming into a big game on Tuesday, I believe. But uh, there's obviously a lot of people out there that maybe don't understand as well how trade works. But, like, does that? I don't think anyone realizes how expensive it would be to move a goalie, and I don't really think that's necessary. Everyone would lose their marbles if Holland and the Oilers overpaid versus doing nothing. And I don't really think it's time. It's, obviously, it's stressful to keep losing. But look at the paper here. They're an unbelievable team. They just need to get going here. And they've made a lot of strides. They've just got to string a few together, and everyone's going to start being quiet.
1: Yeah, thanks, Lennon. Well, yeah, they, they need to string a few together. They're, they're, I mean, that's un, undeniable for sure. Um, I, I thought Elliot Friedman had a great line with Stoff the other day where he said where if you're struggling, teams don't throw you a lifeline, they throw you an anvil. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the Oilers could make a trade. Um, and, look, that's... Ken Holland's job, Jeff Jackson's job. I mean, it doesn't matter if you or I or fans can think of a trade or propose a trade. It's it's their job to to figure something out if they think the team needs it. I I do think there's a lot of, as we've discussed, disbelief, confusion over how bad they've been doing. I mean, you know, nine wins at this point would probably be like, eh, it's not that great. I mean, they got six. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if... If they come back now and lose their next three again, I, sometimes you have to do something to shake the team up. But well, I mean, would they, be, the Oilers—it they, they, would be costly to make a trade for sure.
5: Well, they've tried shaking the Oilers up twice. They have fired their coach and sent their True. 25 million dollar goalie <laughs> down, and neither seemed to work. Um, to me, make a trade if it makes your team better. But that's the only reason you make a trade. You don't make a trade uh, just because. Or you know what? Let's let's shake things up. I mean, this trade isn't a win for us, but we needed something in the dressing room. I don't believe that. I think if you can make your team better, whether you're in first place or last place in the NHL, you do it. Uh, just like coaching change. If you've got someone you feel is better than what you have, you do it. But you don't. I don't agree with just doing something just because. Uh, this Oiler team has underachieved, big time underachieved. They have not played anywhere close. But I still believe, and I've said this the other day, and I'll say it again, I do believe this team will make the playoffs because they are a better team than what they've shown thus far. And we will see going forward if they can put some things together, but they have to do it. You can't just be underachieving and oh, we're gonna be better because look at who we have. They have to, as a team, play better. Tonight was a step in the right direction, but the others have had a couple steps in the right direction, only to step they, backwards yeah. the very next game. Yeah, so.
1: and that's the thing. you got, you got to start stringing them t- together here, and we know the percentages and uh, the approximate point told that they got to mm-hmm. get to, so they're going to have to play very, very well here. And it's like I said, it's going to be a long haul. I mean, there's still six games under 500 and 500 in the NHL is not a playoff spot. So (laughs) it's, this is, this is going to be a long road back if they make it. Let's go back to Washington. Two goals today for Leon Dreisaitl.
3: Leon, what were some of the qualities that you
6: guys demonstrated in your team game that allowed you to find the win column again? Uh, I think we just simplified it a little bit. Um, I thought we early on put them on their heels a little bit and that set the precedent for for the rest of the game So um, all in all, I just think that we uh, started well um, and just kept it simple What can you say about Stuart Skinner? He records his third career shutout and the performance that he had tonight Uh, Yeah, I thought he was good He made made some some great timely saves uh, for us thought the team in front of him was was really well uh, was really good as well can you tell us the story about the point to the bench once you scored that fourth goal (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> obviously, you know, Connor and I—we've we've scored a couple goals like that before. And um, Brownie a couple days ago—you um, know—he dared to say that he invented the, the play in juniors, I guess. So um, we've been uh, we've been dying to, to score one of those here, and um, you know, obviously, it was great, <laughs> great timing. And um, so, yeah, kudos to, to Brownie for inventing it. <laughs> Uh,
3: Leon, from a leadership standpoint, of course, you guys snap a three-game losing streak here. You, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins lead the way with 10 points combined. How much do you put on your shoulders as a leadership core to get your team out of a slump like that?
6: Yeah, a lot. <laughs> we get a lot of guys in here that care a lot. Um, and I think sometimes that's a little misunderstood towards the outside. Um, which, which obviously is unfortunate, but, um, you know, we care a lot. We want to win in here, and um, has there been times or games where it hasn't gone our way as a leadership group? Yeah, of course. Uh, have we been at our best all year? Uh, absolutely not, but, um, you know, we have a lot of pride in this room, and, um, you know, the time was a good step. How much does this feel better just make this feel going home after the way the first three
5: games?
6: Uh, yeah, it, it feels good. It's always nice to, to get a win on, on your um to, to finish a road trip. And, um, obviously one one good game for us um, but this league's about obviously doing it over and over and over again so um, yeah just looking to go home reset and, and and you know put another good game together
3: are there pieces from this road trip this win and the loss that lead you to believe you can do it consistently because you as a team have done it before
6: uh, yeah i i certainly think so um i think both first periods in in tampa and florida were were, were really good um really good periods and just kind of relapsed a little bit uh, after that but um you know a lot of tight games obviously would have like. Uh, the goals again to be a little uh, a little lower, but um, again tonight 's a, a good step, and i 'll try to build off it. Chris talked this morning about Sorry. playing a 60 minute game, so was after you mentioned those first period those it was important to build on that second, first period tonight yeah, for sure that 's what we talked about in here, um, just building off of it um, you know we 've played a lot of twenty 20 minute really good 20 minute hockey games this year, um, but in this league that 's unfortunately not enough, so thought um, so tonight all around was was really good.
1: Okay, Leon Dreisaitl scores a couple. Connor McDavid with four assists. Fifth time in his career he's had a four-assist game. Bouchard, Kane, Nugent Hopkins also score. Orders with three power play goals. It is a 5-0 win over the Washington Capitals, so the Oilers' record improves to 6-12-1. Washington had won five straight, so that has snapped. They're now 10-5-2 on the season. Our next game broadcast for your Edmonton Oilers, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers, is Sunday, 5.30 face-off show. Puck drop at 7 as they host the Anaheim Ducks. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this afternoon. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer is next. Bob's flying, so I'm going to do the show. So I'll keep talking to you more on the game. We'll have Frank Cervelli, John Shannon, and former Golden Bears forward and teammate of Chris Knobloch, Russ Houston, is going to be on the show. I'm of Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers win 5 zip.